0: I thought we were going to have a guest. Uh, I knew the moment that I said something on Wednesday that we would have a guest this Sunday that something would happen. Uh, we were very, very close. Uh, I am reaching back out to the guests again, trying to get that stuff set up. Uh, so we will have some more guests on. And he ended up having a meeting at church, which is very important. And uh, we had to reschedule. So uh, hopefully by next week we'll have guests on. And I'm going to try to keep that going. Uh, try to keep a little bit of momentum uh, built up for the guest part of the show and and get it going again I know I've been failing on that front I don't know if I've lost listeners from it again I don't check so I don't really care um but uh it it is very important to get some guests on and to get you guys to uh to get you guys some other points of view uh maybe not other points of view but just other explanations with the same point of view whatever it might be um some other people that you you want to listen to so uh not yet you get one more one more solo episode and I'm sure there will be some more solo episodes to come but uh today as if you can't tell I'm still kind of stuffy still got some drainage I don't want to force you to listen to all of that for very long so this one's probably going to be a little bit shorter again we're getting some momentum built up we'll get back in it I promise but uh Regardless, uh, the the topic that I want to talk about today, uh, I was pretty excited to talk about, but I thought I had some time to prepare it. Again, I should not procrastinate the way that I do, but uh, I thought that I had a little bit more time to prepare it with the guests coming on, and now we're going to go ahead and talk about it, but I will do another episode about it eventually. Uh, so basically, the the idea that that I've got, let me check my notes real quick and make sure that I'm talking about this correctly and it's not even in my notes so that's cool uh (laughs) uh, it's in a different notebook anyway um is is self-talk so it's something that i've been kind of struggling with lately uh something that i don't know that struggling with is the right word but just contemplating uh, the way that i talk to myself in different scenarios the way that uh, other people talk to themselves the way that self-talk is kind of treated um in various communities And my thoughts on it. And I wanted to share those with y'all because self-talk is very important to me anyway. Uh, I find it, uh, I find it a difficult, um, let's see. I find it difficult to, to manage uh, self-talk, to, to get it right. Uh, I I find myself both very motivated by self-talk and sometimes very, What's the opposite of motivated, unmotivated by self-talk or uh, belittled sometimes by self-talk? But I hear a lot of people who think it should be one way or the other. They they think it should always be a positive force in your head, telling yourself that you're awesome, you're great, uh, you should get going and get after it because you're so awesome and you're so great. And when you fall short of that standard, it's okay, you're awesome and great, let's keep moving. Uh, I know people that... I believe that you have some sort of, you know, duality in your head. I'm not going to say it, but if you heard any of Andy Frazella, you know what I'm talking about, but it's the weak voice and the strong voice or, uh, the boss voice and then the weak voice. And the weak voice tells you to stay inside or not go get a lift in, or yeah, it's okay to eat that ice cream. It's okay to do this. Uh, that's the weak voice, but you also have a boss voice and the boss voice is right all the time. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true either, and that thought that actually I mean that mode of thinking Andy Frazel's mode of thinking got me through quite a bit. I used that to my advantage uh, and if you use that kind of dichotomy in your head you're gonna get uh you're gonna get better for a little bit. I think there's a time to where you eventually probably get a little bit worse um so I haven't exactly found perfection in this area, and I wanted to talk to a couple of different people about it. But I have um, obviously had a little bit of success in, you know, motivation, in achieving goals, things like that. And I want to share kind of my most successful tips for self-talk and and how I kind of speak to myself in my own head. Brett and I both, um, Brett Hart, I think he's been on the show, I want to say three times now, but I think in one of those episodes, I didn't go back and look, didn't check, but he and I kind of talked about the way that we talk to ourselves. Oh, uh, well, especially the way that we talk to each other, uh, is just funny. You know, like it, you're not going to say anything to Brett and myself that we haven't either said to each other or said to ourselves. I think that was kind of the point is, uh, I call, I called him fat or something like that. Uh, I'm talking about how fat he was in high school. And, uh, we made the point to tell everybody that, you know, I call him fat because he was, he was fat. And, uh, And I was fat at one point and he calls himself fat and I call him fat and he calls me fat. Uh, Not now because we're not fat, but uh, it it was that kind of point of like, we're so harsh on ourselves. Uh, We've lived in that space for, for quite a while. And I think there's a time and a place for that. But in my effort to try to figure this out and to try to see what works, I wanted to share that with you. So... Uh, self-talk, I think it really, it, it first has to start from a place of self-awareness. You can't talk to yourself uh, about your circumstances if you're not aware of them properly. And that really uh, starts with a basis of uh, reality, I guess. I, I don't want to use the word truth because there's there's religious connotations that come with the word truth uh, that, I mean, there's lowercase truth and there's uppercase truth, I think. Uh, so reality and truth you can use those words kind of interchangeably for this conversation but i'm going to use the the terms reality because it's more like an observation it's it's down here on this world what is the reality of your current situation less of you know what is the truth of the gospel and i know that's kind of maybe a little bit pedantic on my part but i'm going to uh use that distinction i'm going to give you that distinction so self self self-awareness and self-talk uh really has to have a basis in reality and i don't think you can have good self-talk constructive self-talk whether that be uh negative or positive self-talk both negative and positive self-talk can be constructive um depending on your definitions of all three of those words but uh self-talk for it to be constructive in any way has to Be based in reality. You have to have a good handle on reality. And something that I'm not going to dive too deep in because I've done a lot of diving deep into this subject, but uh, to me, that comes with having a decent standard to hold. Uh, That's where, you know, you talk about truth. Uh, What is the truth in the Bible? And maybe that's the best standard that you can hold. I'm not going to. Get into that because, like I said, I don't want to do. I want. I don't want to do it a, a disservice. I would tell you to go listen to people like uh, C.S. Lewis, um, go to church, read your Bible to figure out what the standard uh, said. What the standard in the Bible is. As I am doing the same thing myself currently, um, but what I do know is that without a decent and defined standard, you can't evaluate yourself to that standard, and whether you whether you think you do or you don't you have a standard uh it could be a very poor standard the standard could be very low but you have a standard uh that's something that i don't think a lot of people realize you know when i talk about holding myself or holding my wife to a standard um people people think that this this idea of holding somebody to a standard is novel they think that well we don't i don't really have a standard i just do what i think is right exactly which is your standard <laughs> um Really what people have a problem with is the highness of the standard. Highness may be a wrong word, but uh, they, they have a problem with the level of the standard or what the standard is, less the fact that you have a standard. Everybody has a standard. Um, if you are 450 pounds and you can't stop drinking your, you know, Cokes and, and eating your ice cream and eating your potato chips, you still have a standard. It is just awful. It's an awful standard. Um, so, self-talk and self-awareness is built off of whatever your standard is. And then another component of self-awareness to that standard is your ability to 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 check that standard. Check your actions to that standard and the frequency of you doing that. Um, so, a couple different points in here. What is your standard? Okay. Uh, talked a lot about this. Again, you can read Jocko. You can read Jordan Peterson. You could read the Bible, um, figure out your standard, whatever that may be. I have different standards for different things. I try to keep my standards incredibly high. That's on purpose. That doesn't mean that I meet them at all times. Uh, if you're meeting your standard and and I don't know that this is, this may be a little bit arrogant, but if you're meeting your standard, 100% of the time, it's probably not high enough. Um, you know, I think of like the ultimate standard of Christ, and I guess I will wax poetic on on the Bible here a little bit and and give you thoughts. But I just think about the ultimate standard of Christ, which is probably the way that you should absolutely live. Um, probably is the standard we all need to hold. But uh, if you're, if that's your standard, then definitionally you cannot meet it. It's still your standard. It's still what you're grading yourself against. Um, so your standards need to be high. In order to have self-awareness, there needs to be a constant evaluation of yourself to that standard. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean a positive or a negative uh, viewpoint on your performance to that standard. Uh, I care less about the positive and the negative. We'll get into that here in a second when we get to self-talk, when we circle back around to self-talk. But the observation of your actions to that standard is critical incredibly critical uh to to this this concept of self-awareness um that is something that your self-talk is going to be very deconstructive um if you aren't evaluating yourself to that standard now um again this can go in a good way or a bad way i'll give you examples uh for both here in a second let me let me give you an actual example for just holding a standard and evaluating that standard. Uh for me, appearance is uh one of my standards that I, I hold that I think is a little bit how do I put this? This is gonna sound arrogant, but I, I think that I hold a higher standard for appearance than most people. What do I mean by that? Uh I'm not saying that I'm the prettiest person around. I'm not saying that I don't occasionally walk outside looking less than perfect. What I'm saying is A lot of people find it hard to believe that I absolutely hate going to, uh, going outside my house in athletic shorts. I I just don't like it. It's just not my standard. I feel like I should be wearing some form of pant or at least a nicer pair of shorts, uh, or a shirt like collared shirt. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that my standards are always the highest. I don't own a suit. Okay. So, um, there's a little bit of a gray area here, but as as in general when how do I put this uh the midpoint of my standard is is higher than average i think uh i don't I don't like going out in athletic shorts and a stained t-shirt can't do that. My standard is typically a pair of jeans uh some sort of decent shirt I'm starting to wear t-shirts a little bit more now that I'm not fat. Um, but I don't really like going out in anything that's got stains on it. I almost refuse, uh, my outside dress needs to, to me reflect, uh, not only my standards in dress, but my standards elsewhere. I want the way that I appear outside. I want you to be able to look at me and go, you know what? I bet that guy has a semi clean bathroom. Um, just because of the way that I dress. Um, I want it to represent my standards across across the rest of my life um if you see that i'm wearing decent clothes you might you know i bet his uh which i'm falling short of this standard but man i bet that guy's truck isn't an absolute complete mess Uh, if you see somebody that really is not dressed well at all in the walmart uh pajamas stained t-shirt they may just be having a hard day but what does that say about their standards it doesn't say good things especially if you see them in it twice um it just doesn't say great things about their standards across their life, and so I want my standard to represent me well. I don't know if that's got any value to you at all. I don't know if I presented that in a decent in a decent way, but that is an example of having a standard Now I constantly evaluate myself to that standard uh never do I walk out of the house and I just don't care what I look like or I don't know what I look like and you would people. <laughs> Um, that may be a shocking statement to you. Like who, who, who doesn't know what they look like when they walk into the house? Plenty of people, plenty of people, grab a t-shirt, throw on some ratty jeans, go out without even a second thought of the way that they look. If You don't believe me? Go down to your Walmart. Okay. Um, for me, I may fall short of that standard. I have gone, I don't know that I've ever gone to the bank in athletic shorts, but I've gone to the Walmart in athletic shorts. Uh, let's see. I've gone to. Uh, the United in athletic shorts, even though I hate doing that. Um, that's probably the worst place I've gone in athletic shorts. Uh, I don't know that I've ever. I think I've gone to work in athletic shorts once before because I had a therapy appointment early in the morning. Uh, stuff like that. But I am constantly aware of where I hit on my standard. That doesn't mean I always have to meet it. it means that I want to meet it every time, and if I can, I will. If I've got the ability to change before I'm going to therapy, I won't wear athletic shorts. If Uh, if, you know, I, uh, if, how do I put this? Um, oh, if I can go home and change, like leaving the gym, if I have time to go home and change before I go to the grocery store, I will. Uh, if it's not gonna make any sense because the grocery store is on my way home and all I need is tomatoes, then I won't. Uh, The, this is the kind of things that I'm talking about, but I'm always aware of where I hit on that standard. Now, little side note, um, There is a big problem here with people's standards, I think. And it's one that (sighs) I think people are on the right track. And a lot of people that I respect have this view. But I think it's a misguided view. Have you ever heard somebody say, I don't care what other people think about me? I know I have. Um, I've heard people tell children uh, that are in junior high well, you shouldn't care what other people think. You should be confident in what you've got um, or you know their opinions don't matter. Um, I don't care what people think about what I say. Uh, I'm just going to tell the truth. Uh, Yes, I'm blunt. I don't care what you think about what I say. It's the truth. You've heard this before. I have a problem with that. Um, To a certain extent. Uh, I think that a lot of times when people have that mentality, uh, their standard can, their standard can fall because what are they, what are they evaluating it? Like, where are they getting their standard? If they don't care what anybody else thinks about the way that they dress, the way that they talk, the way that they act, uh, where are they forming their standard? You have to care about what somebody thinks. Now, and typically when you press people on this, like, again, let's say that you have got this, I don't know, really, uh, I don't know, conservative uncle that, um just doesn't care what anybody thinks he's gonna he's gonna say the words that he wants to say and he's gonna talk about the politics that he wants to wants to talk about at Christmas dinner and he just doesn't care about what anybody thinks well um if you were to evaluate let's say uh he's also got a grandpa that he respects, and this is in no no way like an actual representative story i'm not this isn't personal about anybody, but let's say that he's got a grandpa that he really respects, okay well, you say what do you think, you know, he would think about what you've just said? Well, I think he'd be really happy about it. Okay. Well, what about this part? Well, I don't don't know that he would like that. Or if the grandpa speaks up and says, I don't think you should do that. He's going to listen because he cares about what grandpa thinks. Okay. Uh, typically what these people are saying is that I'm going to hold my standard despite what somebody else's standard might be. So my standard, I'm going to hold that despite what random people think about that. That is much different than I don't care what anybody thinks. And again, the problem with I don't care what anybody thinks is you start with wearing a stained t-shirt, even though you've got jeans on and all of that. And then you end up uh, out with your family wearing pajamas at the Walmart when you had plenty of time in the world to put on a decent set of clothes. And then it becomes a regular thing. And then you're dressing like a slob everywhere you go because you don't care what other people think. I don't know if that makes any sense. I may just be saying words at this point. But you need to evaluate what other people think. Why? Um, Because it alters the way that you think about yourself. It really does. If you don't care what other people think, your standard moves, your standard slides, you're not evaluating uh, your standard to any other standard. You know, I, I talked about evaluating your performance to your standard. There also needs to be an occasional um, squaring up of your standard to other people's standards. So you're constantly evaluating yourself to your standard. And then occasionally, you need to say, well, how does my standard hold up to this person's standard? Is this person's standard higher than mine? Do I think that I can meet their standard? Should I meet their standard? Is their standard better? For example, Christianity. Uh, I'll give you, let's see, multiple people, Bret Hart, Cade Carter, just to name two, uh, there's more, but, uh, their standard for, uh, morality was based in religion. Well, when I met them, I would say I was a pretty moral person, say that I kind of was at least a good person. But when I ran up on their standard, if I was the type of person to say, I don't care what anybody thinks, um, my standard is my standard and screw everybody else. Um, there's still a very good chance that uh, not only, like, you know, if you look at Brett, maybe I would still be fat. Uh, maybe I would have only lost 20 pounds instead of 100 uh, and definitely probably wouldn't be a Christian. You know, when I met Cade, if I didn't care what he thought, uh, if I didn't care at all what he thought about me, then I would not have looked at his standard and said, hey, maybe that's a better standard than the one I hold. Very important for you to care about what other people think. It's very important doesn't mean that you change with the wind anytime anybody disagrees with you. It doesn't mean that you immediately give up on your political opinions just because other people say something. It doesn't mean that you start telling a lie when you get around certain people so that you can avoid conflict. You don't go, you know, you don't get to Christmas and your, your transgender cousin starts talking about how great it is to be transgender and you go, yeah, everybody has their own opinions. You know, like I, I, I understand your opinion and I think it's valid that even though you don't, that's not what you do. Okay. Caring what other people think is simply the act of saying, where is my standard? Where is their standard? Is their standard better than mine? Do I need to adopt that standard? That's what caring about what other people think means. So we've come a long way from self-talk, but I'll bring it back around eventually, I promise. The reason you should care about what other people think is because, at least for me, Though that voice inside my head, I have an internal dialogue. I don't think there's actually two voices inside my head. I just prefer to think with dialogue. It's, I'll, I'll posit a question in my head, uh, should you go to the gym today? And then somebody else in my head, quote unquote, uh, I'll reply to that question with an answer, like it's a dialogue. And I'll say, "Uh, yes, you should go to the gym today. Or no, you should not go to the gym today. Um, that kind of dialogue for me, if I tend to not care what other people think, then that answer, uh, when I ask those types of questions, that answer, if I don't care what other people think, I won't care what that answer says. I don't. I'm hesitant to call it another voice because I don't think there's actually two voices in my head. But I, I begin to care less and less about what I think uh, when I don't evaluate my standard to others. I stop evaluating myself to my own standard. Uh, it's it's it happens very quickly, uh, or my standard starts to lower. When i don't care what other people think then the only thing i'm holding my standard to is its own standard and then i am willing to change it when you hold something to itself then it's not accountable to anything else uh, if you don't care what other people think you say well let's see my standard is to keep a thousand dollars in the savings well where do you get that standard well i don't care what other people think so it's just i made it up so the number one thousand uh, dollars the moment that that starts to get a little bit difficult the moment that you start to question that standard, you're willing to lower it. You know, the moment that you really need to, you really want something. Let's say you want something that's two hundred dollars, uh, and you say, "Well, I've got a thousand dollars in the savings. Don't really have enough in the checking." Uh, if you don't care what other people think, if you don't care about other people's standards, then what are you to check that standard to? Nothing. You come up with you. You came up with the one thousand dollar number somehow, uh, and if your standard is the only one that matters. Then who cares if it's a thousand dollars? If you say it's eight hundred, it's eight hundred. Who cares? Um, that's how your standards begin to lower when you don't care what other people think. I hope I've made that clear. Uh, nutrition. If I didn't care what Bret Hart thought about nutrition, my standard would lower. <laughs> it does, even though I do care greatly about what Bret Hart thinks about nutrition. Um, when I go to the fridge, uh my standards for nutrition are put to the test every single time. Are you going to eat one cup of ice cream or two? Um, well, if I don't care what Bret Hart thinks about nutrition, and I'm the only, I'm the determining factor about uh, my nutrition. No other opinion matters. Then who cares if it's one or two? I'm the boss here. I'm, I'm not not even just the boss. Uh, I am, I am the supreme dictator of standards. So I can make it one or I can make it two. Doesn't matter. Now, if I care what Bret Hart thinks, I say, I say to myself, I say, Well, Bret Hart, his standard is one or zero. Maybe his standard is zero right now. And I care what Bret Hart thinks about me. If I had to tell Bret Hart that I ate four cups of ice cream today, he would go, Man, that is what what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing to yourself. That is nowhere close to a good standard, Haas. I don't care about what he thinks. It doesn't matter. I hope I may be beating this horse beyond death, but um, it's very important to care what other people think, because it, it dictates how you, how you hold to your standard uh, when things get tough. I hope that's, I hope that's clear. Again, I have nobody to give me feedback when I'm talking, so we've spent 25 minutes on standards. It's important to hold yourself to your standard, and self-awareness comes from evaluating yourself and your reactions constantly to that standard uh one last example uh i would create standards for myself on my rucks typically based on uh how i think somebody else would would evaluate that uh, an objective point of view if i were to tell brett um whom i respect in the realm of working out because i know it goes hard if i were to tell brett yeah man i just walk really slow for about 45 minutes with my ruck and uh, I don't don't really push it at all really try not to break a sweat and that's what I do every day for my rucks I would like to think that Brett would say man I think I think you can get after it a little bit harder than that I think you should uh, move a little bit faster than that I know that's Brett's standard because I know he does when he's getting after it he's getting after it so I raise my standard and I say okay well uh, I'm going to move really quick, and I'm going to walk for an hour. I've got a track that should take me about an hour, uh, two and a half miles or so. And I know that if I am keeping this quick of a pace, and some of it comes with experience, but if I'm keeping a good solid pace, uh, pace. If I'm keeping a good solid pace, uh, this should take me about an hour. And now my standard is to complete that track within an hour. If I don't meet that standard, let's say if I get home early or if I complete the track early for some reason, uh, as in I cut it short or whatever that might be, Uh, maybe I'm going really, really fast, um, which is a good thing, but still, uh, I'm not gonna cut it short. Or if I get stopped talking or if I slow down a little bit uh, and I'm not home by the time an hour hits, uh, what my standard was is that then you have to run. So what would happen to me is typically I would get stopped talking to somebody uh, and two, three minutes later, that would take two, three minutes off of my time. And then I would have to move. I would have to haul, butt to still meet that standard. And that means, you know, walking a little bit faster, intermittent running, walking, you know, shuffling, ruck shuffle. Uh, and then sometimes I would still not even make that. And I would be about two minutes from the house and my timer would go off. And the rule was, if your timer goes off and you're not home, you move as fast as humanly possible to get there. And sometimes that was a, that was a brisk walk. (laughs) I mean, sometimes that was everything I could just put one foot in front of the other and get home. Uh, Sometimes wouldn't even realize it. uh, I was just taking a nice little stroll and then that I would be 10 minutes away from the house and that timer would go off. And because my standard was when that goes off and you're not at the house, you move as fast as humanly possible to get there. Sometimes it was a full on run, you know, 10 minute ruck shuffle jog. Uh, moving, you know, hauling butt to get to the house because that timer went off and I wasn't ready for it. That's my standard. And I'm constantly evaluating myself to that. I don't go on a ruck without evaluating myself to that standard. Hope that's a good example. Now, self-talk. The reason that self-awareness is so important for self-talk is because you can take the reality of your performance to that standard and you can spin it in many different ways to affect your your opinion about yourself to reflect your next to to affect your next actions to modify your next actions to talk yourself into things to talk yourself out of things that's the next part of this but none of that does you any good if you don't have a decent hold on reality which is why self-awareness is so important. For example, I have had plenty of good nutrition days. I have had plenty of bad nutrition days. Um, Self-awareness means that I have a standard. And right now that standard is to monitor my calories, which is why calorie counting is so important because you can't, you know, my calories should be somewhere around X X number of calories. And self-awareness is monitoring your calories so you know where you're at. But My nutrition standard is to either be in a deficit, maintenance, or surplus uh, of a certain number of calories to track that and to uh, meet that standard, to not eat junk just for the sake of eating junk, to not binge eat, uh, to make sure that anything that I eat is in some sort of goal framework to where I'm either trying to maintain, I'm trying to eat in a surplus, or I am trying to uh, eat in a deficit that's my standard and if I don't hold to that standard I know it I've had plenty of days that I meet that standard I've had plenty of days that I don't meet that standard now what comes next is when you evaluate yourself to that standard is some sort of discussion inside your head about the results that you've got you know I like to uh, I've been watching Mythbusters a lot lately I love Mythbusters and it explains a lot to me about the way that I am as a person when you think about the fact that I watched it a ton as a kid, watched Mythbusters and how it was made a lot as a kid, Uh, which again, the the time everybody else spent watching SpongeBob, I spent watching Mythbusters. I don't know whether that's better or worse, but uh, that's the way it was. And to me, it just explains a lot about the way that I operate uh, when I look back and I watch it. But there's always some sort of, uh, some sort of question, the myth, the standard that they're trying to either meet or not meet the hypothesis. you You could say And then they perform these tests and there's always a a discussion about the results. No matter what, you have to discuss the results. There's never just results. There is some sort of discussion or justification for the results that they got. Always. Um, Always. Now, it's not necessarily in a positive and a negative light. If they bust a myth, um, it can be. They can be disappointed that they busted the myth. Uh, They could be upset that they confirmed the myth, if it was a bad myth or something like that. But uh, sometimes it's just, at the very least, uh, this is either confirmed or denied. It's never just the results. We always need to discuss the results. Every single time. Any study that you read, we're going to discuss the results, kind of how we got there, what are the next steps, what should you take away from these results. It's the same way, if you have a decent decent level of self-awareness, it's the same way with you whether you think it is or not, you know whether you're meeting your standard or not. And some people just refuse to acknowledge uh, the results consciously, but I guarantee you there's a subconscious acknowledgement of where you're falling to your standard. This is why uh, I think depression is pretty high. This is why like young men, um, I've talked a lot about uh, not getting wins. Uh, You have a standard, whether you think that you do or not, you have a standard. And most of the time, I think that young men know that they're failing their standard and because they don't know how to they don't know how to deal with that, they don't know how to talk to themselves about that, they end up just very sad about it. I <laughs> uh, talked about this with uh, with my buddy Ethan uh, quite a bit. You're sad. Uh, a lot of men are sad because they're not meeting their standard. they don't want to think about their standard because maybe they know their standard is too low. They know that somebody else has a higher standard than them. they don't really know what to do about that they know their standard is too low, uh, and yet they still don't meet that. And it just makes them sad. it just makes them sad. Um, you're not getting out of of acknowledging you're not you're not getting out of acknowledging where you're at in life and you can ignore it for a little bit, but uh, still subconsciously and, and definitely down the road, you're going to have to acknowledge it for example alcohol um, a lot of people will ignore the fact that they're just drunks or that alcohol is impeding their progress. You can only do that so long before reality hits reality will hit and you will have to acknowledge the fact that either you've got a drinking problem or uh you know you when you do drink you drink too much or uh, how much better could you be if you weren't drinking every weekend eventually you will acknowledge that and a lot of people drink themselves into a depression because uh subconsciously they acknowledge that or even consciously they acknowledge it but the self-talk that they have is either ignoring it justifying it a whole uh, litany of, of, of things that could be causing this, this sort of depression in them, but it's because they know that they have a standard or that there is a standard. They know their performance to that standard, and then they have to discuss it with themselves and acknowledge it. So now we're to the self-talk portion. What do you do when you meet your standard? What do you do when you don't meet your standard? And how do you discuss that with yourself? And again, I'm, I'm going on, the only experience I have is with an internal dialogue. I'm not, I don't know that you could change that to an internal monologue or some people don't have any voice in their head. I don't know how they think, but they do. Apparently, um, some people like don't understand that there's an internal monologue. I don't know if thoughts just appear in their head. I have no clue, but for me, it's all verbal. And so that's kind of the context that we're in. I mean, self-talk, that means you're talking to yourself. Most people, I think, understand what I mean when I say that. So, um, what do you do when you don't meet your standard? How do you talk to yourself? uh a lot of people uh resort to saying, "Well, it's okay, you know you're only human uh I would say that a lot of uh and this is kind of unpopular, but a lot of probably christians uh default to the you're only human maybe they're maybe they're more convicted. That's not a very fair statement. Christians are probably more convicted than most. Uh, but a lot of people will just excuse not meeting the standard. A lot of people will say, well, that standard's stupid anyway. A lot of people will say, well, it was just this once. Maybe your standards only on Monday to Friday. Um, I think there's a big push, especially in the self-help community for that talk to be solely positive for them to say, it's okay. You're going to get after it. You're still an awesome person. Uh, meet that standard tomorrow. (laughs) Um, There's also some people in self-help community that are very derogatory towards themselves. But for me, what I tend to do when I don't meet that standard is a very strict acknowledgement. A very strict acknowledgement of not meeting that standard. It's, hey, you have this standard. You did not meet it. Uh, It's a talk about why I didn't meet it and observing reality. If I miss the gym because... I really had to work late. That's a different self-talk than I missed the gym because I didn't want to go. Completely different self-talk because of the reality of the situation. I had my standard. I failed that standard. Uh, Why did I fail that standard? So it always begins with an acknowledgement of not hitting that standard. And then sometimes I'll get, you know, it gets rough. It's like, I, I typically tend to evaluate what I would say to somebody else. Uh, you know, I would tell Brett, Hey man, uh, typically I'm a lot nicer to other people, but it's like, what would you think in your head about other people? If somebody else fell to this standard, would you think that they're lazy? Well, you might think that, would you say that they're lazy? Well, maybe to certain people, you might say that, Hey, uh, they're lazy. Well, that means that, you're probably a little lazy, dude, if you would say that to other people, if looking at the facts in this, in this situation, that you think other people would be lazy if they just didn't go to the gym, uh, then you have to acknowledge the fact that by your own standard and your own definition of, of the words that you're using, you're lazy. That doesn't mean you harp on it and degrade yourself for being lazy. That means that you understand that you had a moment of weakness and you were lazy. And you address that. And then you talk about a solution. Uh, how are you going to meet that standard tomorrow? That's my framework for for self-talk. I understand a lot of this stuff is already baked in. A lot of people's personalities are kind of unmovable on this subject, but that's the way that I do it. It's an acknowledgement of where I, I failed the standard. Hey, you didn't do this. That's self-awareness. Or self-awareness is understanding the reality. Uh, you know, that self-talk is part of the acknowledgement. Hey, you failed this standard here. Uh, and then talking through the circumstances with myself saying, why did you fail this standard? Well, you failed the standard because of this um, and being truthful with that, not lying to myself about that, understanding that uh, why I really did fail that standard. And then talking about, um, and, and in that, the reasons that I failed the standard, how would you apply this standard to other people? What would you think about other people if they failed this standard? Um, if, you know, Brett Hart didn't go to the gym today, what would you think about Brett? What would Brett be thinking about himself? Um, you would both know that for maybe he was lazy that day and you would both have to acknowledge that. And so when you missed the gym, uh, you would think that about other people, you would, um, acknowledge the fact that it was probably just a streak of laziness. And so you have to think that about yourself, man, you were really lazy today. You didn't go to the gym. Yeah. That sucks, what are we going to do to not be lazy tomorrow That's how the self-talk goes in my head about many different things finances. dude, you really didn't need to spend that money. That's what goes on in my head. Uh, you said that you weren't going to buy that and then you did buy that. Your standard was that you wouldn't buy it, that you would save the money, and then you did buy it, and you didn't save the money. Well, why did you buy that? well maybe maybe you had to. maybe it was uh, an important part for your truck well. It happens, man. Spend a little bit too much. It's okay. Evaluate the budget. Get back on the horse tomorrow. Maybe it's a splurge. Uh, Maybe it was a pocket knife that you wanted. And uh, you went and bought the pocket knife anyway because it was on sale or something like that. In that case, it's like, dude, you had a standard. I get a little bit rougher because it's just a more egregious, more egregious violation. Dude, you had your standard. You said you were going to save this amount of dollars this month. Uh, You walked in there. You did not save that amount of money. You spent that amount of money on a knife because you wanted it. You don't need another knife. Um, You fell short of that standard. You did it because you lacked the self-control in that situation. What would you say to somebody else? If somebody else came to you with this problem to where they're spending too much money, you would tell them that discipline equals freedom. You would tell them that when you're in that moment uh, that they just need to walk away. They just need to leave the store. You would tell them that uh, if they don't solve this problem now, then they're never going to. That's what you would say to somebody else. So that's what you need to say to yourself. Stop doing that. Discipline equals freedom. Have a little bit of self-control. That's what you would say to somebody else. Exercise self-control and then proceed tomorrow. Do that tomorrow. We're not going to spend this amount of money tomorrow and the next day and the next day that's something that i also like to do is talk through actionable steps kind of like i said um why did we not get up like get off the x you know particularly with some self-control issues like nutrition or something like that uh brett and i will talk about getting off the x Uh, and and i always try to acknowledge what you could have done instead of making the decision that you did in my self-talk it's it's very practical Uh, it's, it's almost like I'm trying to help somebody else talk through the issue and I might be a little bit rougher than I would be with somebody else, but I'm trying to help them, uh, you know, like nutrition issues. If I'm sitting there staring at the Oreos, uh, and I know that I shouldn't have the Oreos, uh, then my thought is you go and you do something else. Like you immediately go and do something else. Keep your hands busy on something more productive. And in my self-talk, I acknowledge that dude, you could have just gotten off the X you could have just gotten up and moved somewhere else. You could have gotten up and gone on a walk. You could have gotten up and gone to your computer and started doing work. You could have uh gotten in your truck and drove to the gym immediately. You had the time, you already had your gym clothes on, you were gonna go to the gym later anyway, but instead you stopped and you ate Oreos. Uh let's do this better next time. And then there's also an acknowledgement of uh your ability to do better. So in self talk there is a form of reality and this is where it can get borderline arrogant but i think it's necessary to say look you're better than this Uh, i know you're better than this i know you can do things better than this um you know i try to think about times where i have met the standard and kind of show them to myself as proof that i don't have to fail this standard you know when i go to the gym for 105 days straight there was a streak there that i did two workouts a day For 105 days straight now a lot of people have done more than that a lot of people have not even gotten close to 105 days straight a lot of people can't make it four days straight in the gym a lot of people think they have to have a rest day well when I miss the gym and I know it doesn't meet my standard it's not for a good enough reason I say I know you can do better than that that's the talk that I have with myself I know for a fact You have more discipline than that. I know for a fact that you can do better than that because I've seen you do it before. This is the talk that I have with myself. That's when you don't meet your standard. I think I've beaten the horse pretty dead, but uh, what happens when you do meet your standard? Self-talk is also very important there. A lot of people (laughs) will get a very big head when they meet their standard for a long time. I just talked about how awesome I thought it was that I went 105 days straight. What do you say when you are meeting your standard? Again, it's important to have self-awareness because there is a time when you don't meet your standard. There is a time uh, when you have fallen short of your standard. If not, your standard probably needs to be higher. So when you meet that standard, it's important to acknowledge it. Man, that was good. Uh, you went out there, you met your Ruck standard, you got after it, Uh, you did everything according to the way you need to do it, that was good. Do that again later. Also, remember the times that you haven't met your standard and understand that you will fall short of your standard again. Understand that you have fallen short of your standard plenty. And this is what you just did was some form of redemption, uh, compared to all the other times that you have not met your standard. When you go in, and let's say that you finally had a, a seven days straight of going and working out, talk yourself up, be like, man, that's, that's impressive compared to where you were seven days ago. But let's also remember where you were seven days ago. <laughs> let's remember that you're not perfect. Um, that in light of what other people have done, uh, this is, this is rather small. Uh, let's say, you know, you're 105 days. Uh, I know people who have done 365 days of two workouts a day. So, yes, good job. You've done more than you ever have. Also, other people's standards are higher. Let's see, now that you've achieved this standard, let's see if we can raise that standard a little bit. That's always a good reply to meeting the standard is raising the standard. I think that keeps you humble quite a bit as well. Um, we talked about you know, ad nauseum, how you raise your standards by caring about what other people think. Um, once you hit a standard, look for a way to raise it. Once you you meet a standard consistently, uh, instead of getting a big head and talking about how awesome you are for meeting that standard, look for a way to look for a way to raise it. There's always a person who has a higher standard than you. Christ, particularly. <laughs> um, look for the way that you can raise that standard. Look for the ways that that standard wasn't perfect, um, and how can you meet that? That's my self talk. Typically it goes something like, Man, that workout oh, this is a CrossFit is a very good example. Uh my standard is in CrossFit is something like I go in and uh I do as much of the workout that I po- as I possibly can. I do it with the maximum amount of effort that I can give. And uh that's my standard. Sometimes I don't meet that intentionally. Uh sometimes I do. But always, always, always I think about the person in the room that uh that did more than me, that put more weight on the bar than I did, a lot of people will call that competitiveness or uh they'll say you shouldn't compare yourself to others. I disagree uh I go in there, maybe I'm very confident about what I did. There are many times where I absolutely work my butt off, and I'll be the like either the first or the second one to finish the workout. The caveat is is that I scale them, and I'll be very proud of myself for crushing the workout. I'll call Brett. Sometimes after some of these workouts, I'm like, man, that was a really good workout. I'm so happy with the fact that I just got on there and I crushed it. Just absolutely crushed it. Really, I mean, again, there are times in those workouts to where I feel really good about it. I always remember that there's some dude in there that whatever weight on the bar I did, even though I'm very impressed with myself compared to how I did yesterday, there's some dude in there that does more weight. And when I achieve a goal like that or when I'm feeling very good about the my my performance to my standard i always caveat that with other people's standards it's like well <laughs> did really good uh and your time was decent uh you put a lot of effort in you didn't leave anything you know you you gave it all that you could but also chase christy you know squat cleaned 400 something pounds or something like that so let's keep it in perspective let's keep it in perspective you did really awesome and Chase Christie better be cleaning more weight than you do. Um, I mean, if <laughs> if you look at him, he's got more experience. He's been doing this a lot longer. Just generally a more capable dude than I am right now. So he better be cleaning more. I mean, his standard should be much higher than mine is when it comes to that. But his standard is a lot higher. So let's keep it in perspective. Let's uh Let's keep it in perspective. So, guys... That's just a little bit of my thoughts on self-talk. I hope that it all makes sense. I hope that it's coherent. I hope that it's not just rambling. Um, But that's what I've been working through lately is how do I talk to myself? It can get bad. It can get bad when I don't meet my standard. The names that I call myself sometimes is not good. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't call anybody some of those names like outside of a joking manner. Uh, So why would I call myself those things? And it's not constructive. It's not gonna help me go and do that tomorrow it's just going to make me scared to evaluate myself to that standard. You know, if I, if I miss my nutrition goal and I, and I call myself, you know, a fat POS um, or obese or something like that, like, what do you think I'm going to do next time? Do you think I'm going to evaluate myself to that standard harder? Maybe. But eventually, I'm just going to start lying to myself. Eventually, my standard is going to lower. Um, eventually, it's going to be like, I'm, I'm going to get tired of being so mean to myself that I'm just going to lower my standard. Of, you know, every time I don't hit 1,500 calories, if I call myself a fat POS, then eventually it's going to, I'm just going to forget that 1,500 calories was ever a thing and it's going to go up to 1,800 and it's going to, I'm going to feel good about myself because I'm at 1,800 calories instead of 1,500. Uh, That's what's going to happen and your standard gets lower. So you don't want to be too mean to yourself. You don't want to be too positive because also your standard could get lower you get addicted to that that positive talk. Um you get you know addicted to man you're the man. Like you're the, you're the dude, you know, like when I go out and get some rucks in. It's important it's important for me to stay in CrossFit because I I don't see anybody in my neighborhood ruck. I don't see anybody in my neighborhood trying to ruck. There's like one or two people. And so what happens when I go and I hit a hard ruck and I see people out there not doing anything or sitting on their couch and or you know somebody out there just for a walk like it's a dude that I know is more capable than I am. And I always see him out here and he's just walking. Well, number one, I don't know what he's doing, but I'll get arrogant. I'll be like, dude, nobody out here. Nobody's out here doing what I'm doing or in the weather. Uh, and man, nobody's out here in the cold. Nobody, look at, look at, look at me. You know, like dude, I'm doing awesome. Like nobody's out here in the cold. I have those thoughts. Sometimes those are helpful. <laughs> like I'll be honest with you. Sometimes the thought of being the only guy out there in the cold and how, uh, how much that would impress former me. And how much I'm sure it impresses other people. Sometimes that's a that's a good motivator of what do other people think about me? Man, they're gonna think I'm bad if I'm out here in this like negative six degree weather. Uh that's a good motivator. And they will think you're bad. And you are a bad dude if you're out there in negative six. I've been out there in negative eighteen and pat myself on the back a little bit. I was a bad dude that day. Like it was it was it was tough. Um also if I get too much of that what happens? I get addicted to that talk. And then if I go out there and I know that I'm not going to hit that standard, that standard's going to lower. And eventually uh, it's no longer negative 18. That makes me a bad dude. It's 40 degrees. And you're out there and you're like, man, this is awesome. This is cool. You're like, I'm I'm out here. Nobody else is. Uh, That's not good. That's not good at all because your standard lowers. So what do I do? Uh, That's typically, that's why I like to stay in the CrossFit gym, to be honest with you, is I go in there. Uh, I'm never the baddest dude in the building at the CrossFit gym. I'm really not. You're going to have a hard time outworking me uh, just in pure effort stance. But even then, there's a lot of guys in there that are giving a lot of effort. I go in there and it keeps me humble. It it really does. Uh, because I never leave the CrossFit gym completely secure in my performance. Very happy with it sometimes. Uh, I, I love the way that I performed sometimes. Uh, I know that I made some people feel... Feel a little bit scared about their performance maybe they weren't thinking that i would do that well in the workout and then i get there and i'm standing up and they're still working uh, i like that feeling but also keeps it in perspective because everybody else in that gym is getting after it and that's that's why i like going to the 420 classes because there are some monsters in there that absolutely destroy me every single time and so we get a little bit of the negative talk it's not just all positive so if your positive, if your self-talk is all positive, great. Be cautious of the fact that you can get addicted and evaluate your standard. Know what your standard is. If you're always meeting your standard, it's probably not high enough. If it's constant positive self-talk, it's probably not high enough. Uh, constant negative self-talk, don't do that. Um, don't be so mean to yourself that you're end up you're gonna end up not hitting your standard. Nobody nobody likes to be talked down to, especially by themselves uh you may think that it's it's motivating you may think that you're okay with it that uh well I don't talk to anybody else that way and I don't let anybody else talk to me that way but I talk to myself that way uh you may think that you're hardcore for it nobody likes that really nobody does um and there's a whole other religious angle that uh, the person that you're talking to is made in the image of God uh, the image and likeness of God so what are you saying about the person that's made in the image of God now maybe that's your standard and Maybe your actions don't reflect that and there needs to be some constructive criticism. But if you're constantly talking down to yourself, um, imagine that you're saying that to <laughs> to somebody made in the image of God because you are. I mean, it's it's plain and simple. Uh, maybe not as plain and simple as what I think it is, but uh, you're made in the image of God. So why would you be that mean to yourself? It doesn't make any sense and it's not helpful. So. Guys, I think I've talked about this long enough. I hope it makes sense. I really, really do. Uh, I want to get some other people on to talk about it, talk about their self-talk, whether it's good, whether it's bad, uh, what they try to do, what they find helps. Uh, in your, in the meantime, uh, evaluate your standard. Evaluate your standard and uh, and have a discussion about where you're hitting on that standard. That's all I've got for you guys. Hopefully we have a guest on next week and uh, tune into the One Flesh podcast on Wednesdays, all about marriage, and I'll see you later. Thanks.